So welcome back to part two of our eco recap podcast, because we just could not possibly fit it into one podcast. <laughs> we're still only on day two, but we'll try and condense and go faster we're this gonna time. We're going to be able to do it because we know what we're doing now. We didn't, yeah. we weren't prepared mentally, emotionally, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we did. Uh, and we just kind of introed a lot yeah. on the other one. So if you want the intro, if you want to know what eco was or what it was like, listen to the first podcast. Yeah, go check out part one. Um, I have all my slides pulled up, so... I love it. If so, you're watching on YouTube, I will be looking off to the side oh, and not I'm at the gonna, camera. I'm going to constantly be reading and looking and like not zoned in on the camera too, so like get used to it. Sorry, but if you're on the podcast, you won't know the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're jumping right in with day two, and they did... Uh, the first talk was Dr. Darren Schmidt. So from the collar up protocols for sinus, ear and yes. oral health. I loved this talk. Uh -huh. Me I, too. It was so good. I love Dr. Darren. Um, and I don't know, the mouth just fascinates me, like how it connects to things. Yeah. It's just super fascinating to me. And after this is another dental talk, but the woman that gives the one after did last ego and she talked about like pretty much how like so each tooth is like to a different organ mm -hmm. and when we think about this is what's so wild to me because dentistry they just assess your mouth yeah. they just assess your mouth if, mm -hmm. in traditional dentistry they don't think about it as being tied to the whole rest of the body mm -hmm. and like that's what they go into it's like no your mouth is not isolated from your body like if you have an infection in your mouth and you're swallowing that every day is there an infection in your gut maybe right things like that mm -hmm. and even just the people that get root canals and they're not mm -hmm. properly cleaned yep. and they get a confection infection in the from the root canal in that tooth and they don't even realize it and then they have something pop up like um i see breast cancer a lot connected to oh um root canals or you know like fillings where yeah. they had the amalgam fillings done the mercury fillings and that's the interesting thing, because even in the like functional space, I feel like it's very much like you think about the mercury amalgam buildings being tied into the rest of your body into potential heavy metal toxicity. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people only they stop there with the mouth. Right. Yeah. Or maybe like Ayurveda, like oil pulling to like cleanse the mouth in the morning. But like, again, it usually stops there. It doesn't go into like dental infections and like when you get extractions and things like that, which oh, love it. it's so interesting, so fascinating. Biological yeah. man. I'm kind of surprised he actually did this one because he's not not a dentist I know um I actually heard people talking was... smack in the bathroom I was just <laughs> sitting on the toilet mining my own beeswax and a couple people were saying from like dental hygienists or whatever were like damn can't say this blah 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 like that's a load of baloney and like I I'm still coming up with like, you know, how I believe on it, right? Because I am not in the dental world, but mm -hmm. so take everything with a grain of salt. All of these talks, everyone ha comes in with their own biases. That's just the truth. Right. But I, I mean, I think it's really interesting just the things that he's seen. And yeah. I think that's really what he was sharing was just yeah things that he's seen, connections and just stuff that he 
has done. Anecdotes um, are crazy powerful. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about using a water pick and then using hydrogen peroxide and yeah. baking soda. Yeah. And um, he mentions that he has a patient that regrew his gums doing that. That was wild to me. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I got a water pick after last eco because of this. Did you? My parents and used to have a water pick. Um, and honestly, I loved it, but I don't have one now. But yeah, this makes me want to get one. <laughs> I'm, I still have mine, and now I just have to get the hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. They say 12% food grade. In case anyone's listening to this, I'm not going to give you the rest of the ratios, but 12% food grade. During the time of the patient using the water pick, an infection appeared in his right ear for five days and then mm-hmm. disappeared down his throat. It cured a hidden infection. Wow. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah, because he, he's like, I had known about treating ears topically, right? Like we see post-nasal drip, all that, but like it drips down to the throat, goes into the gut, and now it makes even more sense that it's not just the ears, it's the mouth, it's all of it, right? It's all tied in. Their ENT is ears, nose, throat type mm-hmm. of doctor. Yeah. This one I really like, um, his patient with the chronic staph infections. Mm-hmm. Um, her dermatologist told her it originated from her nose, and she was given a topical antibiotic. And so he asked her, why did the MD say nose? Why not ears, tonsils, throat, mouth? Mm-hmm. The patient's like, I don't know. So I asked her, did you have a hidden infection above the neck? Where would it be? And then she showed him infected gum recession. And yeah, so she like used crazy. the water pick and hydrogen peroxide and her skin looked better over the next two months. It's also something you've used consistently, right? It's not a one and done thing. Yeah. But- and we're not claiming anything. We are not medical doctors. This is just what we heard about. Mm-hmm. But that was wild. Again, his anecdotes mean something to me because he has a huge practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a lot of... I've, I've come across a lot of people that know who he is or have worked with him. I love that. Personally. Um, yeah, and he's just like telling us, like all his practitioners, to really like focus on the neck up, right? Because we focus on total body don't just ignore this part. Don't ignore dental infections. Don't ignore ear infections. Don't ignore things like that, like the sinuses, all of that stuff. I feel like a lot of people do though. They, like you said, they just forget about the teeth. I think, oh, yeah. we brush our teeth and like, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I use an non-toxic toothpaste or whatever, but like, there's so much more to it. Again, root canals, all of that stuff is so like, just getting extractions they even talk about how that can like play a big role into your dental health and i didn't even think about that because i'm like i had so many teeth pulled when i was a child mm-hmm. i mean they don't if they don't properly clean it if they don't properly close it up like stuff gets in there and it's gonna cause a bacteria or an infection i mean right here it says like pathogenic bacteria causing cavities and receding gums in the mouth are swallowed mm-hmm. continuously all day mm-hmm down the throat so you're reinfecting your body yeah i know so teeth and gum health is definitely very important yeah um infections anywhere can leak into the lymphatic system so if you have congestion in your tonsils armpits front of the neck that's could be draining from your mouth I mean, think about it. The tonsils are a huge part of the lymphatic system too. And like, how often do people see like dental infections and all that, like wreaking havoc on the tonsils? Mm-hmm. Tonsils are a huge part of the lymphatic system. If you didn't already know this, common causes of sinus issues, right? What do I see in my practice most often for sinuses? Parasites and mold. Mm-hmm. Mold is so common. So that's Me why. And, the, and then they're talking about like bacterial infections causing sinus issues, right? Mm-hmm. Your sinuses don't necessarily just mean 
they have a stuffy nose like what's the root of that i think that's what everybody thinks too and they're just like oh i have allergies you know i i woke up with allergies like there's something in the air that's causing my allergies and yeah yeah, there's something in the air it's probably mold (laughs) (laughs) you're like "Uh uh-huh yeah someone the other day because it's summer they were like yeah i have allergies and i'm like you have allergies in the summer because like Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i get that pollen allergies exist it's a histamine response like those do exist again Mm -hmm. there's always a cause of them but that's real in the summer your body adapted to this pollen by now it's all like you're not just getting allergies i know it's always so funny to me but thankfully i never suffered with allergies oh my god i um i thank my parents for that but (laughs) yeah (laughs) we all did i'm convinced there was mold in our home growing up just because my parent i mean my dad has crazy allergies too and like nosebleeds all the time and i'm like mold nosebleeds are such a big sign i feel like that people overlook especially in kids yeah because i've seen that so often and i was like oh they're a kid they're having nosebleeds because like, my, my dad and my sister both, it would usually be around like springtime. They would wake up with nosebleeds all the time. I've never had a nosebleed in my whole life unless I got smacked in the face. I don't think I have either. It's not a real nosebleed. It's just that I'm bleeding because I got whacked in the face by like a volleyball that happened and like a softball, like things like that, right? Right. <laughs> nosebleed just for nosebleeds. Like, <sighs> okay. This is what happens to us. <laughs> this is why we cannot condense anything into okay, so one podcast. Let's, I'm, I'm going all the way down to symptoms to address like above the collar, right? Because mm-hmm. that is what we're talking about. Ears, itchy, draining, excess wax, plugged, watery inside, hard to pop open. People have that stuff all the time. Like these are symptoms and they all mean that there's something deeper. Could it mean, I don't know. It could be a slew of things. I feel like a lot of the stuff's mold, but throat chronically sore, snoring, dripping, clearing the throat frequently i mean again mold nose chronic dripping white red green yellow mucus frequently blowing nose dripping after eating tonsils chronically swollen limp 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 sinuses pressure congestion snorting and needing antihistamines teeth sensitive to colder pressure cavities cracking root canals gums receding pockets bleed too easily mouth bad breath oh i see that all the time with heavy metals patches of discoloration recurring sores tongue coated white black brown fissure jawbone cavitation abscess infection found by cone beam commonly at extraction sites of root canals i'm sure you've heard a lot of that except for the jawbone mm-hmm. like we said a lot of those like are common symptoms that people think about and if you haven't, maybe this just helps you think even more about the things that you consider normal might be a symptom. The jawbone stuff is really telling you that like there might be an infection truly in that jaw, like that led to something else. Yeah. I think if you've ever had an extraction or a root canal and you're experiencing any of those symptoms, mm-hmm. probably go get it checked out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, would, you can... I was just going to say, I would go to a like functional i'd go to a biological dentist yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) and there is a website i believe it's iamd am i wrong i am not 100 percent sure on the on the dentistry one honestly if you just do a quick google search on biological dentists and cities in your area okay courtney's on it i just googled it (laughs) i 
AOMT, the International Academy of Oral Medicine. And then I don't know what the T stands for, but because that's how I found a biological dentist near me that like was approved by all of these things. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You can just Google it. I know that like in my, it's hard because near me, even if you look up biological dentist, if you write the word dentist, like I, everyone else is before the person I want to see, mm-hmm. like everyone in the entire world. And I'm like, Cause they said this last time. That's how you find someone. Anyways, we can keep going. And so then, here they see, like I said, mentioned before with the breast cancers, it's resulting pathologies in the torso, breast cancer, colon cancer, bacteria causing other cancers. Um, bras too. <laughs> we talked about that before, but yeah, well, they're big fans <laughs> of no bra life. The lymph man, if you're holding them in, that's why those toxins not hundred percent but that is part of the reason why they get stagnant there because you're constructing mm-hmm. it if they're draining from your mouth and down into the lymph oh, around your breast really? and then you're wearing a bra and holding that in there yeah that's just gonna cause bacteria stagnation and then i think we just have to get into like the hydrogen pro- like the- it just gets into a lot of treatments after this mm-hmm Sinus rinses for sinus stuff. I mean, if you're not someone who works with self-care practitioner, you can reach out to one of us or use a neti pot. They even said someone that used a neti pot just saw a lot of difference from that alone with just the saline. Mm-hmm. The ones that are crazy to me is the people that get the parasites out of their nose. I'm I've like, never done Ugh. that, but I am always mind blown. <laughs> I know. They do just like a little bit of para 3. Even without the para 3, I've seen people get them out. Oh. And I'm fine with a neti pot, right? You might be like, what about the Navage? Like, never tried a Navage. I do try most of the really fun toys, but Navage was nothing I felt like I needed. I felt like I did fine enough with a neti pot, personally, mm-hmm. with distilled water. Because yeah. make sure you're using filtered water. Otherwise, there could be just as much parasites and gunk in that. Yeah, that's another thing they mentioned with using the water pick. Put the distilled water in it, because if you're spraying tap water up in there you have all those pathogens in the tap water not yeah not good at all so yeah the the distilled water 12 percent hydrogen peroxide Mm -hmm. salt and or um baking soda i used to always use for my neti pot i used to use colloidal silver so i didn't get any sort of infections like if i felt a sinus infection start to come on because i personally sinus infections once or twice a year every single year on the nose and i probably should have been really clued in that that meant something but i was like it's not just my immune system goes weak but that's just a personal anecdote i liked but i know some people don't like colloidal silver i love it um i like the that xylitol spray the x mm, yeah, yeah it just comes in a nasal good. spray and you just spray it up your nose like it's, it's very easy yeah mm-hmm. it's like clear both an x yeah i was actually just thinking this morning because i was um because they were spraying chemtrails this morning. Mm. And then I was in somewhere where it was like a bunch of fragrances and chemicals and stuff. And I was like, I need to go home and spray my nose. <laughs> I have a colloidal silver in one of those. And I bring it every time I travel. Just because I feel like half the time where I travel is quality. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, do you have anything else to say about this talk? Because I kind of don't. No, I don't think so. It's it really was just... really, really good though. Yeah. Definitely... Yeah, like we said, just look into your teeth if you have anything that you think could be connected to Mm -hmm. any type of extraction or anything like that. And then the next talk was dentistry also. 
and she was from yeah that was from an actual dentist so if you're concerned about letters and certifications (laughs) and licenses information (laughs) she is certified in all of that um she's a biological dentist i don't remember where she's out of but like after hearing her talk at last eco i was like i need to see this woman like her her right we have a really good i say we but it's still four hours away but my mom goes to him (laughs) um but she likes him because he uses ozone and everything to Mm, clean you love that so that's why she searched him out yes this one's called the natural approach to common dental conditions so her story pretty much is that she was a dentist for a while and then had eczema really really bad chronic eczema after her second daughter was born tried everything under the book right antibiotics Mm -hmm. acne accutane birth control everything and then she had kids and was spending lots of lots of money eventually found cellcor and it was gone Hmm. yay two months on pair one and two it was gone so she's like i knew i needed this in my practice like i knew that if it could help me like this it could help other people and she's like because i know that the mouth is connected to everything else and a lot of people don't look at it that way but she's like that's where it all starts right i ask people about their diet i ask them about what they're doing and stuff and like your dentist should be asking you this but obviously not every dentist is like her mm-hmm. so yep. yeah like we said dental disease manifestation of systemic health blah blah blah, blah. causes of dental disease exo- exogenous and endogenous toxins that affect the nervous system and the oral ecos- ecosystem poor lymphatic drainage you're going to hear that again the microbiome nutrient depletion energy depletion and that's pretty much it. That's what she says is at the cause of dental disease. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what you guys work in too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, your microbiome, if you're not totally sure what that is, that's basically the bacteria and everything in your mouth. So if you're consistently eating sugar, if you're consistently eating processed foods, that's going to change the microbiome in your mouth. It's going to make it very unhealthy. Yeah. So it's going to raise the bacteria levels. And again, it's going to raise the bacteria levels that you're swallowing. Yeah, and that's low-key one of the reasons I got into oil pulling because when I was doing all of this gut research when I first started, mm-hmm. it was like people were saying, change your oral microbiome. And I was like, okay, if I just got to swish around a tablespoon of coconut oil every day, I'll, I'll do that because it literally like sucks some of the bacteria out and then you spit it mm-hmm. into the garbage. And I'm not saying that's the end-all be-all, but it's a phenomenal starting point for a lot of people that in tongue scraping, just getting the initial bacteria out of your mouth when you first wake up so that you're not swallowing as much and i always say before you eat or drink because if you're sw- if you're drinking it down right like it's getting it into the rest of your body and i knew i had a lot of bacterial <laughs> issues <Right>. going on <laughs> in my gut so again this is just like one of the small places for me to start mm-hmm. and also from a vanity standpoint because people always want white teeth if you're brushing and cleaning your teeth before you're eating or drinking so in the morning first thing you wake up it's going to be less likely to stain your teeth because there's going to be less plaque and food particles and just mm-hmm. icky stuff hanging on your teeth. So it will be less likely to stain. And then we also, let's just touch on tongue scraping for a minute because I know you love it just as much as I love it. Love People don't realize that's where the majority of the bacteria hides in your mouth is on your tongue. <laughs> and, okay, so I'm going to say do both. But if you have, like, with oil pulling, I have noticed if I tongue scrape, like, right after, I have less right Mm -hmm. surprise surprise i have less gunk and if you never tried tongue scraping it's like the cheapest habit to get into 
they're mm-hmm. so cheap and your life will be changed you will literally never stop because once you see everything that comes off you can't even just use a spoon if you don't want to buy a tongue scraper i've used a spoon before in a pinch butter knife (laughs) it works he because i was like why are you tongue scraper and he's like sometimes i use a butter knife and i'm like why have i not been aware of this i would have bought you tongue scraper seven years ago but yeah i mean tongue scrapers are like seven dollars (laughs) but if you're in a pinch you can use a spoon or something but you will once you scrape off all that white nasty stuff, you will never not want to do it again. No, never. The other day, mine was disgustingly brown, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on in my mouth?" I forgot that before bed, I drank Carboxy, and I still brushed my teeth, but I didn't like scrape it. So obviously, there was still a little brownness. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. Don't, okay. Yep. You don't need to know about this. <laughs> I've no. I've done that after eating watermelon, and it was like bright red, and I'm like, "Am I bleeding somewhere? What's happening?" Yeah. It was like brown, but like Carboxy. So. Mm-hmm. Carboxy okay. changes so, everything. Then she talks about cavity prevention. Pretty much, she talks about like all the cell core products, big fat surprise, ozone she likes, and then a big deal. She talks a lot about hydroxygen plus. So, also, even more so, can't wait for it to come back out because she uses that all the time in her practice, the Rachel Carver. And then, you know, if you're getting mercury amalgams removed, I highly recommend finding a biological dentist because that can be done wrong and it can leach more of the mercury into your system. And you truly should be ensuring that your drainage pathways are open before and taking some sort of heavy metal binder. I would recommend to HMET to anyone that literally was getting mercury I amalgams love, out. I love HMET. Yeah. It is my favorite. Because she's like, yeah, you have to really have drainage pathways open. I'm like, yeah, not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you do not want that mercury getting stuck You're pulling in there. it out of your body, but, like, it's already every single day leaching into your body. So as you pull it out, like, mm-hmm. making sure that your drainage pathways are open because whatever's left in there is probably still being absorbed into your body. Yeah, and generally, if it's not somebody that's pulling it out properly, like, if it's not a biological dentist, it's getting all stirred up and you're probably releasing more in there than you want to be. Good point. Because I have definitely seen that before where people get their mercury amalgams removed thinking that they're doing something really good for their health and then something major flares up that is connected to essentially mercury poisoning because so drainage 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 yeah and if you're like oh my god that's happening to me literally hop into my drainage course big fat surprise we're still it launches next week it goes live so you still have time by the time this even goes live to get in it like work with someone if you can't work with someone drainage 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 mm-hmm. yeah if you can't afford to work with courtney go do her drainage course that's what i'm saying it's a fraction of the price and fun fact i'm definitely doing a labor day sale so when you're listening to this there's going to be a sale going on i don't yes, know the code this, yet this should drop live on labor day so <laughs> exactly. like, i don't know what the code's gonna be yet but look and you'll maybe, see it. maybe she'll have it by then and i can add it to the show notes for you guys Ooh, okay then I'll do that so we can add to the show notes. Smart, smart. So then we're getting into the case studies for her for dental infections, which I loved. There were people who were in their 50s, history of SIBO, abscess tooth, amalgam restoration, stress personality, diagnosed with breast cancer, which is so sad, had double mastectomy and reconstructive surgery that went wrong, went through all the dental protocols to remove all metals and infections using cell core protocol and ozone. And she used her on the, the Flopresso, which was a lymph machine, too, because she really needed a lot of lymph 
support, which especially if you knew that you had breast cancer. Yeah. Lymph. So important. Mm -hmm. And she lost so much weight, like almost eight pounds, not changing her diet, literally just weight. Um, hello. It's, I mean, it's likely inflammation rate weight, weight, right? Because the Mm -hmm. lymph, like it is fluid, this fluid that flows through your body. So when you are actively getting rid of it, people look a lot thinner. They lose all that inflammation, the puffiness, whatever stagnancy. But that was like amazing to me. Literally was like buttoned a pair of size eight jeans for the first time in three years. Sorry, what? We love that. And then there's, I guess, two more testimonials. There's a 60-year-old female, regular, never had regular bowel movements, tested high for autoimmune antibodies. Um, This one's so good for me too. High dose of vitamin C to help regulate bowels. Phase one and two for two months led to removal of hundreds of worms. Was feeling well, decided to high dose all four parasite products. Um, I think this person was a cell core person because she's like, I did not recommend high dosing the parasite product. She did that on her own. I'm not going to tell you what she did. 45 straight days of parasites present in her stool. Saw an MD in June who hesitated to retest her ANA, which is your um, autoimmune antibodies, because he had never seen it change once it became positive and everything was completely normal. Thyroid and vitamin D optimal for the first time in her life. No more autoimmune antibodies. Come on, man. That one was my favorite one, I think. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't even think we need to say the third one because it's important, but that one, we can just end on that high note. Yeah. I like that one, so... Again, people, parasites. I know. Parasites are so vital to healing yourself. Oh my gosh. And that was the end of the slides that we had yeah. on that one. That was the end of that talk. It was so good too. I, If you look her up and find out she's near you, I mean, you're lucky. She's phenomenal. I would go to her to be my dentist. I'd pay an arm and a leg. She's so good. I feel like she's from the Midwest East somewhere. I, I think no that's idea. what she said. Up next, we had Kathy Yao saying how to harmonize the body from EMFs. And I also know you've been on an extra special EMF kick. So like, I know you loved this as much as I do. I did. Phenomenal. She was just a light. She was like floating on air. You're listening to her. And I'm like, I just want a hug from you. Right. That's exactly what I was She was so cute. Yes. Um, Yeah. um, I'm sure you watched my stories, but yeah, I was just posting about EMFs this morning because I've been sleeping so well at this new house. Yeah. And I, we don't have Wi-Fi right now. Um, so <laughs> literally even better. You're like, I am. I know. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, not the best for working, but for sleeping, it is amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we have, and we have zero neighbors close enough for their Wi-Fi to reach us. Um, so we came from an apartment where I could literally open my phone and there was like eight Wi-Fis oh. that it would pick up. Um, there was like the electrical boxes, like a giant box. We had one like right in front of our apartment. So it was basically right next to the bedroom. So you knew it was just emitting EMFs on me, mm-hmm. a street light, um, where we're at now, there is zero lights, in the country. zero EMFs. Yes. We are rural. <laughs> it's great though. And I am loving it. I'm sleeping so well. So yeah, if you don't know, EMFs can be very disruptive to your sleep. Yeah. So if you're someone that has tried everything to improve your insomnia, try removing your phone from your room, turning your Wi-Fi off. Uh, if you can move away from your apartment with eight Wi-Fis, do that. <laughs> turning my Wi-Fi off changed the game for my sleep. I just unplug mm-hmm. it at night. Because people yeah. are like, well, doesn't it take forever to do back in? No. Just give yourself five minutes in the morning. It just literally takes five minutes. Not even. But Yeah, not even. Minutes. But 
Yeah, I, obviously it helped for me, but I just knew that there was so much other stuff going on where we were. But anyway, let's jump into what she was talking about. I loved her, Dr. Kathy. Mm-hmm. No. So here it has some of her highlights. This is the fundamentals of EMF detox, EMF remediation, application methods. Uh, let me see. So she defines EMS. EMS is anything that goes against nature's rhythm. Yeah, I love that. And then she talked about healing with frequencies and vibrations. Because obviously, and like she said, EMS are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So you do have to, you can't just block them all. You do have to find a way to harmonize mm-hmm. your body and your space. Um and like there's with no EMS. Being afraid because mm-hmm. they exist, right? I'm not saying you get the highest power Wi-Fi or you don't unplug it. Like you do what you can, but they exist. So there's no reason to fear EMFs. Like there's a difference between harmonizing and blocking and some both, both work at certain mm-hmm. points. But she was saying there is like a huge benefit in trying to harmonize because they're kind of, they're here to stay. Like, I had my, my Therisage little emf harmonizer plugged into the wall right by me <laughs> I love that. um so yeah she has like blocking and harmonizing here so blocking blocks emfs measured based on the experience of the meter blocks earth's energy appropriate for those with constant exposure mm-hmm. i.e living in the city mm-hmm. reductionist mindset motivated by or triggers fear 100 percent um, harmonizing works with the energy, measures subtle energy. Each individual has a different experience based on ancient practice and quantum physics can lead to moral licensing and may not change lifestyle. Yeah. So like I said, there's a time and place for both. There's a time and place for blocking. There's a time and place for harmonizing. I mean, yeah, I unplug my Wi-Fi at night. That's definitely blocking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very easy to do and it's not the game changer. Yeah, it's not, uh, at least I feel like it shouldn't be fear triggering to do that. And so like, how would we remediate EMFs, right? Changing your mindset, like I said, it is not a thing to be feared because they exist. Removing Mm -hmm. the source, so unplugging when possible, maybe just not being on your phone as much. Synchronizing with nature's rhythm. She talked about hugging trees. I know I've been at the beach this whole time. I've been grounding like crazy and I love it. Mm-hmm. Reorganizing your environment, decluttering, all that stuff, removing toxins because they literally act as an antenna to EMF. So that's why I notice a lot of the time people who are sicker, more insomnia, things like that, you're more sensitive to like everywhere. And a lot of it has to do with EMFs mm-hmm. and targeted support. So what do we mean by that? Sound therapy meditation maybe like bioenergetic medicine anything like that i love hertz frequencies solfaggio frequencies my faves me too i have to say for me personally the biggest release i feel is like she said hugging the tree or just going out and just standing in the grass because it releases all of those ions that you don't want yeah so good um i used to before we got married, I had a tree in my yard and I would literally just go sit under it next to it every single day. And it was like my meditation. It would just zone me out, chill me out. I would drink my King coffee in the morning, like sitting next to the tree. 
I love that. Yeah. It, I mean, nature really is phenomenal. That's why they say grounding. Like it does a lot of things for your circadian rhythm and for getting rid of in- negative ions and oh, mm-hmm. all of that. One of the next slides is there's on- there's no human nature, only nature. Oh, such a good quote. She was just a literal beam of light. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was grounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just mentioned. All life depends on 7.83 hertz. So, like, how can you remove the source of EMFs, too, right? Because we live in a very technologically friendly world. Like we said, unplugging your Wi-Fi at night, maybe turning your phone on airplane mode when you're not using it, more distance from your phone, not using it while it's plugged in to a charger. Mm -hmm. I know no one's going to like this, but Bluetooth headphones are not going to be the best thing. No, I will say I do own a pair. Oh, I do too. I use them only when I'm at the gym for like 30 to 40 minutes, three times a week. I purely for use con- them anymore. convenience sake. But yeah, because cords when you're at the gym really aren't. I, yeah. <laughs> I just got so tired. Because of- I-, <laughs> I got them when I was like in my meathead phase. So I was like, yes, beats over the ear headphones. But, um, I don't really use them anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe like once a week. Mm-hmm. But again, it's for me, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I can't be sitting here thinking that, oh, this is bad. It's marinating my brain the no. entire time. I can't be fearful of that. Like I do what I can most yeah. of the time. But this is just one of those things that I made it's, the choice to use. That's everything in life, literally. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, like if you're someone who works with your AirPods every day, um, I would not recommend that. Mm-hmm. They are extremely, extremely high in EMFs. So if you use those all day and can't sleep or get migraines, I would definitely look into something else. Um, She has a chart of like the different things that are higher, I guess, in EMF emissions. Fluorescent lighting is a big one Mm -hmm. because people have a lot of fluorescent lights in their home vacuum cleaner shit i didn't know that was that high i was surprised by some of these like the hair dryer that's not surprising to me but the vacuum cleaner like the microwave we know right yeah microwaves don't use them i was actually surprised that airplanes were so low because everybody's always like emfs are so high on an airplane well emf it's low i think this is my opinion i don't actually know where it is but i think that it's probably just a regular airplane without the wi-fi but if you're using the wi-fi it's crazy high probably true because i don't usually use the wi-fi on airplanes unless it's a really long flight and i need to watch a movie (laughs) need to (laughs) okay so now we're moving on like basic energy balancing was probably the next thing i was going to go to because grounding like we said the earth is your friend Mm -hmm. decluttering your house rearranging for air and water flow and she even wrote think mold and i was like "Mm, we love it because those things are like a block to energy and if you're someone who you're like this is too woo -woo for me that's totally okay but like i know that at the very least we can probably all agree on like grounding and just like removing stuff decluttering makes you feel better Mm -hmm. i always ask all of my clients how do you feel when you spend a little bit of time in nature and they think about it for a minute and they're like really calm like, I feel so much better. And I'm like, okay, now take I'll that and implement it every day. <laughs> go stand outside. Mm-hmm. I, I literally have that in almost everyone's homework. I'm like, 
I call it their nature therapy and like at least five minutes without your phone. If you want to listen to some music, go for it, but use it. <laughs> it's free. It's there. Use it. Not me staring at the bay being like, can I get back? There? <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding Courtney hostage yeah, no, during her okay. vacation. Yeah. I just took a nice long lunch break for us to do this. <laughs> Try and wrap it up. No, we, we got a lot of, go. we have a lot to go. go. <laughs> but I do think that we should move faster just so that we don't take forever. Yeah. So EMFs will stop there. Um, yeah. And then it goes into like sound being medicine, which I love because I love Hertz frequencies. They truly calm people. They calm animals. Like they do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're not someone who goes to a sound therapist, you can just Google 528. It's one of my favorite. And so it's 428 Hertz frequencies. And if you look up, like there are lots of YouTube videos where you can see that like there will be little beads bouncing. And as soon as they start like listening to harmonious frequencies, like they'll bounce in like a more structured area and same with water and Mm -hmm. it's so wild how it can change things like literally change the structure it's very fascinating to watch right it's so cool Mm -hmm. it's another good form of meditation for me it's just watching (laughs) all the shapes change and then she just gets a lot into cell core and why it's so phenomenal because a lot of these reduce emfs and a lot of these get rid of the toxins that are literally the antenna and we talk about that because Mm -hmm. i know that parasites hold on to that again they hold on to the radiation um i love virad chem and ct minerals for getting rid of that and then also bcatp obviously pulls radiation out of your cells and then she mentions in her emf detox with cell core complete the protocol because i see a lot of people do this they'll get like to step two and they're like uh i'm done you know, I don't want to do anymore. Because people, when they start feeling better, they're like, I feel so good. Why would I keep going? I'm like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you And I'm like, going? please go through phase four. Please. Just for the heavy metals. Because I see that be so prevalent in so many people. And I'm just like, please, please do phase four. <laughs> do I the mean, whole thing. You truly do need all of the binders. I think everyone does, regardless of what you are going through. I believe that everyone needs to cycle through all of them, maybe not necessarily carboxy, but at least the other three, just because they're so, they all do different things. They all eliminate different things from your system. Mm -hmm. And even if like, let's say you weren't high in viral load, like you do still have some, like just making sure you're pulling radiation, all the other things, right? Like it's not just a one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. And she also mentioned me support for the emotions, which I love. There was a lot of people that mentioned me support in their I know. protocols a lot that of they were using. A lot of hydroxyl plus, and I'm like, okay, we're waiting. Right. She also, one thing I loved was talked about brain and nervous system support, which, duh, because she's talking about harmonizing EMFs. But like, we talk about that all the time. We're like, yeah, you have to, you're a whole person. Nervous system support is a big, big thing. And your brain support, you can't just go through all the physical things. You can't just go through the motions. That's not how you're going to get that full healing that you want. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to the next one because we still have a lot to go. We have so much. This was the Driven to Grow Spartan Races Life yeah. Bean by Dr. Randy Michau. Yeah. Is that how you say that? I actually did get to listen to most of this one. You did or didn't? I did. Okay. I I was packing during it, so I don't didn't take a lot of notes, really. It's okay. I can um, really briefly summarize it because it was not... It wasn't a clinical one that you would take much away from. Yeah, it was more, it was like a mental 
it was it was pretty motivational in my opinion yeah i'm a huge fan of mud runs and spartan races and things like that if you don't know that about me i have done lots of them so i totally get where he's coming from because he's courtney is the person that turkey trots on thanksgiving if you guys need to know yeah that's exactly who i am like i (laughs) for my birthday for the past this is the first year i haven't done it in years it was five years prior i always made my friends and my mom and whoever i was dating at the time do a mud run with me like that was my birthday (laughs) so that's exactly who I am. I've done Spartan Race once. I've done Savage Race twice. Never done a Tough Mudder. Wanted to. Done many other ones. But so I totally get what he's saying when he was talking about how like it transforms your mind, it transforms your body because you're doing these things you never thought you'd be able to do. You're failing and you're getting back up and you're doing them over and over again. He ties self core into it because he does talk about the products that he used to prepare for them, which I loved that. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of it was more of like a motivational talk, how he's like these types of things like really change the way you look at the world because it's things that you never thought you'd be able to do and you're doing them and then it's like a lot of camaraderie great I loved it but I know that this talk a lot of people are like eh, I could have done without because like I said it had a lot of just like motivational speaky points and everyone's like I want those clinical pearls mm-hmm. but in terms of clinical pearls he did talk about how he has he loves CT minerals he loves mitochondrial support he loves hydroxygen and that's and he he puts hydroxygen plus on his body and i didn't know people did that because the old one was super sticky like i've tried that on my body but he said hydroxygen plus which hopefully will be coming out soon not sticky anymore it sounds great he said like puts it on hamstrings calves whatever takes bcatp before and after ct minerals before and after i mean the hydroxygen makes a lot of sense for an event like that because obviously your muscles need that oxygen to perform well so putting it on yeah, I was just literally Makes listening to him, and I'm like, ew, it was so sticky. But then he's like, no, Hydroxygen Plus isn't sticky. And I was like, okay, now I get it, because I would not put that on and then go run a bunch. Mm-hmm. I would feel disgusting, because I did try it on my body. I don't even remember why, but it's very sticky. I used it before for headaches, and I mm. dealt with it. I would just put a little on my temples, this and that, because to improve the oxygen flow to your brain. And it actually does work to Ooh. get rid of headaches at most of that. the time, most of the time. Yeah. Okay. And so that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Do you have anything to add? Not really. No. I wanted to do that one quick because I felt like it could have been summarized very quick. Mm-hmm. Next talk is novel uses of cell core with high performance athletes. So that's why it ties in, right? Those back to back made complete sense with Stephanie Canestraro. I don't mm-hmm. want to be saying that. I was wrong. actually very into this one. And this is the one where it cut off in the middle for me. Like the live stream just shut <laughs> off. It was so. good. I didn't take clinical pros from it because I don't work with athletes, but I liked it because I am not an athlete, but like I work out all the time. So like, I do like to keep my body as optimal as possible, mm-hmm. but that was fun for me, mm-hmm. but I'm not an athlete. Well, actually I talk about, I call myself an athlete all the time. So that's a lie, but she works yeah. with like people in the NBA, PGA. I know multiple NHL teams and NFL teams. So like she works with lots of athletes. Yeah, I was I found it interesting how she was talking about the hockey players because they're always in a wet environment. A lot of them are exposed to mold. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, in one of her presentation highlights, she's like, are athletes really that healthy? Question mark. No. <laughs> I was like, like, no, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like that's something that people need to know because if you're not exposed to the athlete world and you just see them from a social media standpoint they look healthy you assume that they're healthy because they're exercising constantly and playing constantly but look at how many athletes get done playing and drink a bottle of gatorade Mm -hmm. 
And that's so one thing I truly love about what some people on social media say is they're like, someone will come to me and be like, my husband runs 15 miles a day. Like, and he was someone who got long COVID, things like that. And I'm sorry, but running 15 miles a day is not mean you're the picture of health. What does your internal body look like? Mm -hmm. Like just because you're ripped on the outside. I know Jess Aldridge, for example, was like, I was doing CrossFit all the time. I had a six pack, this, that, whatever. And she's like, that's when I was actually at my least healthy. Like I had 8% body fat, but my body was struggling. My thyroid was struggling. My hormones, no period. Like all that. Yeah. If you're a woman with 8% body fat, I can almost guarantee that your hormones are going to be absolutely a shot and your periods are going to suck. Sorry. Physical health isn't a hundred percent of it. Right? No. I know multiple health influencers that I actually follow or not health fitness influencers because I'm like, oh, it's fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. But they've been talking so much about how bloated they've been every day. And I'm like, do I message them and be like, hey, I could help you with that. But like, you know, like mm-hmm. that's I'm sorry, physical health does not mean internal health. But no. as we move on, they were talking about how there have been a lot of heart events recently with professional athletes which is so sad and everyone else yeah literally and everyone else but you think about these athletes and you're like they're running all the time they shouldn't have heart conditions right like there was my boyfriend watches um premier league soccer and -hmm. he said one of i don't don't think it was on his team one of the best players like was recently diagnosed with myocarditis and he was like and he's like 21 yep runs however many miles like those types of people truly shouldn't have cardiovascular issues Mm mm-hmm so and then she's like what is causing the uptick of heart related events yeah mycotoxins stress EMFs, EMFs? something else the shots <laughs> <laughs> that little poke you get for that little sickness that's going around we don't yeah. know and then she goes into like common misconceptions with athletes if they good look good people assume they're healthy they have fantastic care because they are professional teams they eat healthy and know how to supplement they're getting popular proper manual treatment to support their output like most that's not the truth Mm -hmm. there are a handful of teams out there that obviously have someone like her but it's not the majority but not all of them want to spend the money on it Mm -hmm. yeah what i find in athletes they're great their sport we're never taught about the catabolic state that they're constantly in they need extra the extra need they have for nutrition and supplements they don't want to rock the boat we teach them to advocate for their own body their health becomes political. We teach them to step outside their team for support. No one's ever taught them about toxic load pathogens, nervous system and infertility from seemingly young athletes is prevalent. I loved that one. Like, obviously I don't Mm -hmm. actually like that for them, but it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They have extra, like extra needs than most of us. Right. Cause they're constantly working out. They probably overuse things like Tylenol and like medications, lots of travel, lots of injuries. They're not necessarily treated as like people by their teams. They're treated as like commodity, you know? Yeah. Mitochondrial dysfunction, mental state, stress from media, all of that stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. and so then she pretty much goes into a couple of case studies a lot of mycotoxins, a lot of mitochondrial dysfunction, which mitochondrial dysfunction is not surprising to me, right? They're in fight or flight all the time. Like that's what, when you're in super intense sports, of course you're gonna be in fight or flight like during that, but it's hard to turn off. Mm -hmm. Especially if you are such a high level athlete and you are in the media spotlight all the time, or if you have a huge social media following, whatever, it is constantly going to be like- 
stress stress out <laughs> yeah all the time mycotoxin remedies a lot of cell core products equipment hygiene propolis diffuser i like a propolis diffuser i prefer a hydroxygen but it's not a thing right now i've actually and- have not heard of diffusing either of those before so i was very intrigued oh by i've that. heard of diffusing propolis and also uh nebulizing it but the thing about both of those is you have to get a propolis specific nebulizer or diffuser and that's like a couple hundred bucks and none of my clients really typically Mm-mm. they're like you tell us this much a month have you diffused hydroxygen in like a regular essential oil diffuser i haven't done that i mostly do ozone now i've okay. switched over but okay. i've done that and i've done nebulizing hydroxygen all the time i might try i have a little bit of hydroxygen left maybe i'll try just Excellent. in the new house and then red light, nasal sprays, all of that stuff. Like this is not surprising you for mycotoxins. Mm-hmm. In in nasal sprays, she talks about both the xylitol and the silver, which mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Said a lot of them have parasites, which like we all do. You just have to <laughs> cleanse regularly, when, or like do an initial big cleanse, and then like cleanse regularly. Like mm-hmm. we all have parasites, and then a lot of them have Lyme because they have immune system dysregulation mm-hmm. and glyphosate, which you were talking about about Reed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he never like professionally played no, no, any no, type no. of athletes. Mean, like, However, it, it his joints. he did play golf in high school, and <laughs> guess what is sprayed on golf courses? Yeah. Roundup, which is glyphosate. Yeah. So <laughs> Just, he played golf for I think three years. And so that's a lot of exposure. Golf courses don't think about that. Mm-hmm. And well, he lived right next to a golf course during high school mm. too, so mm. pretty close to a golf course anyway. Mm. And then it's just a lot of protocols, which I don't feel like you guys need unless you're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And then you should probably just work with someone and get your own <laughs> protocol anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just like protocols. And all, okay, here's under glyphosate remedies. Golfers are at high risk for high glyphosate. Yeah. Hockey players usually live on or near golf courses, which I found interesting. Like, why? They also love to golf in their I spare time. That. But that's 100% read. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And then- no, and then just before we wrap up, she's talking about Hydroxin Plus, like I said, not available yet. But I love this because it gave me some actual tidbits into what it is, right? They tested it on a lot of hockey players, nebulizing pregame, nebulizing for the co, nasal rinsing, all of that stuff. During, before, and after games, lots of phenomenal feedback, which we love. But what's the difference between Hydroxin and Hydroxin Plus? Hydroxin had a side like sulfury taste hydroxygen plus tasteless mm-hmm. hydroxygen plus also no smelly de- breath after no residue on skin so no stickiness tolerated very well and it was in a larger bottle lasted longer a lot of people apparently couldn't t- tolerate hydroxygen as well i didn't really notice that but the one thing i got from that was like for athletics like this is phenomenal i mean of course you're oxygenating your body and like i said topically can be used better no taste I like that they mentioned internally for reduction of lactic acid during your workouts, yeah. which generally if you're working out, you're going to produce a lot of lactic acid. Yeah. Um, also for concussions and post-concussion symptoms, which is very common. Yeah. In I athletes. didn't really think about that, but that's all I got to say about the rest of this. And we don't know when hydroxygen plus will be out. They keep telling us soon and we still don't know. But the reason it's taking so long to get out, I did learn this, is because it is so much more potent than hydroxygen that some people that really need a sensitive, sensitive dose, like cannot even tolerate one drop. So mm. they needed to cut it. And that 
added a whole new can of worms into what's happening. The next one was Cellcore assisted liver flushes. I caught snippets of this one and I rewatched most of it. I feel mm-hmm. like this is more your area. Yeah. It's by Sinclair Kennelly. Um, my one gripe with this is that they're talking about Cellcore assisted liver flushes. I'm like, ooh, love this. She never told us how to do a liver flush. They said they're going to in September I do know. a webinar on it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, don't we feel like that would have been better at Eco? Anyways, no more gripes <laughs> there. But I'm like, she says she's using all Cellcore products for liver flushes. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get a little another clinical pearl. Nope. Yeah, she never really got to that. She did they talk a lot said, about liver stuff, which I liked. She did. But- and she was like, we are going to have a webinar and we talk about what exactly the liver flush entails in September. And I'm like, okay, but it is literally the middle of August. So I have to wait. Maybe that's me. So mm-hmm. liver flushes, are they worth it? They debunk gallstone myths. What does the overburden of liver lead to? I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time, right? Like bile goes elsewhere, disrupted hormones, bile stones, gallstones, liver, liver flukes. flukes and parasites. <laughs> Liver flukes and parasites, liver stones, hidden stressors. So a lot of people might not know about liver stones as much as they know about gallstones. Uh, these stones made in the liver, not the gallbladder, obstruct the bile ducts. Congested bile interferes with digestion of fats and fat-soluble vitamins. And a lot of people with diagnosis of fatty liver don't realize they have gallstones. I've noticed that too, because a lot of people come to me with fatty liver because I similarly had it. I find it, a lot of it's parasites, liver flukes clogging the bile ducts. Mm-hmm. and stones clogging the bile ducts would also make complete sense to me. Maybe some of the things I'm having people on is literally pushing stones at the bile ducts. I've had people pass gallstones, but maybe I don't even know where they're coming out of their body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look different. Like anyways. Yeah. Um, I liked the gallstone myths. Yeah. Um, because I did have a client with no gallbladder and she was, I am hundred percent when she sent me a picture of like what came out of her, I was like, this is a gallstone. And she was like, haven't had a gallbladder since 2019. And I'm like, so I looked into it and I found out that they can hide in the liver. They don't necessarily need to be in the gallbladder. And I was like mind blown, but this just confirmed it even more for me because like found that out. And I was like, I totally think so. And then she's talking about this. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I like the one, um, you need surgery to remove gallstones because yeah. everybody thinks that. And then she's like, nope, you need Tudka and liver flushes. But then again, I want to know, like, how is she doing this? Yeah. And <laughs> like, what are you doing with the Tudka? Please. And I thank know, you. Like, yeah. And flushes don't actually release pre-existing stones from the liver. And stones are not only located in the gallbladder. Those are our nice old myths. And then benefits of releasing liver stones and sluggish bile, improved digestion and elimination, relief from symptoms related to sluggish drainage like headaches joint pain increased energy improved immune function increased emotional well-being because the liver holds on to anger improved mental clarity and supports hormone balancing we love that last one i know right we love all of them and the rest of it's just case studies because it's just this because like i said she doesn't even give us anything like traditional if you know about a traditional liver flush i didn't i don't know why i didn't i feel like i know a lot about livers but clearly not Mm -hmm. apparently I haven't heard of the Epsom salt one, but I have heard of the apple juice one before. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, and so that, what are the negatives to it, right? No drainage, no mitochondrial support, no binders to mop up toxins, but mm-hmm. ugh. so she does do, of, give us the cell core liver flush elements. Yeah. But not the details like drainage, estro to support reversal of estrogen, me support to assist in emotional stagnation, Tudka. I'm not surprised by that 
binders, BCATP, CT minerals, hydroxygen. It really just seems to me like she listed most of the Cellcor products. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're using them all on down. I'm sure there's something more to it, but. Oh no, I'm sure there is. I just want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest are really just case studies, like you said. And we got to see lots of really, really gross pictures of liver stones, which even for me was a bit much. But it was good. It was really good. It just left me on the edge of my seat. Like you couldn't even include one slide for a protocol two, mm-hmm. three. Like I, I loved the case studies. I would have taken not talking about the case studies, right? Just showing the slides real quick and then talking about the protocol. Exactly. Yeah. But. Oh, well. Thus we move on. It's okay. She did mention liver pain, which I do see tend to see a lot of people oh, with. All the time. And they have it down as trematodes, trematodes, um, which is a parasite. Um, I so it says, all the time with liver flukes, personally. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I see that a lot. People will be like, while they're taking the parasite products, they're like, I have a weird cramping here yeah. or here. And I'm like, it's A lot of people probably... say right upper quadrant pain. And I'm like, oh, hmm And I also get the lower left side of their stomach so i think your your uh small intestines right there one of the intestines but anyway i'm like that's probably a parasite trying to get out because then they'll have a big bowel movement and they're like oh, oh it's gone yep. but anyway liver pain pain in the liver and gallbladder is not solely due to sluggish bile and stones liver flukes often cause severe discomfort that's what i see all the time mm-hmm. again maybe i'm pushing stones out of people and they're not showing me I did push gallstones. Maybe it was liver stones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. But again, it, it could just be the liver flukes, which are very hard to see generally. <laughs> Who will know? Who will know? Not <laughs> us. If people don't want to go through their stool, I'll never know what I pushed out of them. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> you aren't always as curious as us. But that's okay. All right. So what was next? What was next? We had Houston, we have a problem. Environmental exposure, trouble, cases, and trends with Dr. Jabin Moore. We love him. Bum, bum, bum. He was just saying that, like, the reason he's here talking about case studies is because, like, people are getting sicker and sicker. And he's like, before, I guess he's older than I thought he was. But because I think he's in his 40s. Yeah. Is what he said. I think he said 40 something. He doesn't look 40 to me. But anyways, Uh -uh. Todd was saying, like, in chiropractic school, like, they were roommates or, like, friends or whatever. So that's how they know each other. But, like, even the worst cases that he had seen before is, like, moderate cases now because everyone's getting sicker and sicker like yeah Mm -hmm. we know this but we love it well he said seeing increased toxic load in patients and again radioactive elements mold trauma foreign bodies like a joint replacement relation to dental health it was like all the things that we've talked about and all the things that we do talk about all the time as Mm -hmm. causes but i mean it's just that's what (laughs) that's what is at the root cause of everything people yeah and then you know nervous system support he talks about he does neurofeedback again i've given all of the tools i say neurofeedback's one of them brain rewiring mvsr tapping like there's a billion i just think you should work with a practitioner that at least has knowledge of one Mm -hmm. or wants you to do supports you in something like that because we all need that yeah that is willing to consider the nervous system and emotions as part of your health yeah not just nutrition a lot of people may not necessarily 
be drawn to doing that in their practice, which is totally fine, but they contract out. Like they'll be like, these are the practitioners I like, go see them for this, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, if you have someone that just totally pushes that to the side, maybe find someone else. Yeah, and so he's like, have you heard this? I've tried everything, antibiotics, antiparasitics, herbs, blah, 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 blah. Do you quietly agree? I don't get it. I've done everything. Organic whole foods diet, moved homes, changed jobs. I did it right. Shouldn't I be well? That's literally what I hear from almost every single person. He's like, what what we're missing? Radioactive elements, mold, trauma, dental work, fake parts, including breast implants. And it all points back to mitochondrial health. That's why I emphasize the mitochondria so aggressively because... There are so many functional doctors out there that aren't, I'm not saying they're doing bad jobs. Don't address strange and don't address the mitochondria. And that's just like a, they'll put people on herbs. They'll put people on parasite cleanses. They'll put people on mold protocols. And it's just not always enough. When your mitochondria is depleted, that's why those things come back. He goes over radioactive, radioactive elements. elements. So adverse health effects associated with radioactive elements, kidney and liver damage, cancer, genetic alterations, Thyroid conditions, I see this all the time. Mm-hmm. Cognitive dysfunctions, autoimmunity. And where are they most commonly found? Honestly, your water. Yes. Especially here in Texas. We love it. We, Not hate, we hate it. Not even concerned. <laughs> most and people he, honestly don't know. Like, uh, they, they don't know. Which is, I think, the saddest part. To a couple case studies, which good to know, and then into mold. Why it's a bioweapon? I was like, yeah, call it a bioweapon. Mm-hmm. It's an immunosuppressant, detox suppressant, mitochondrial suppressant. Yep. Yeah, it is, and it's not always tested for, and it's not always looked for, but so many people have mold. Mm-hmm. It's crushing your immune system. Mold signs and symptoms. Yeah. I mean. I think we've talked about this before, but Literally anxiety, <laughs> brain fog, difficulty breathing, increased food allergies, insomnia, odd pattern of neuropathy, overreactive to supplements, uncontrolled candida. Candida is mold's dirty cousin. And the funny thing is people are more familiar with candida than mold. Yep. Candida was very popular. Um, do you remember Sally Fallon? And she did the... I don't remember what her book was called, but it was extremely popular probably like 10 15 years okay. ago gosh i can't even remember the book and my mom has it like we used it so much it was like a cookbook and then like an informational slash cookbook okay. and it was a lot of like oh, anti-can yes that one yeah thank you okay i just didn't know her name but i know the book mm-hmm. and i feel like candida at that time was very popular oh yeah everyone's like can't you do this can't you do that and i'm like if you come to me with candida, you're going to find out you have a lot more. And everyone's like, what? I just have candida. And I'm like, no, sorry. That's like most of my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then it goes into trauma. Trauma and the vagus nerve. Why it's so important. Do you want to talk about the vagus nerve? I know you love it. Huh, I do love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we talked about it on a different podcast. I cannot we remember did. which one. Um, I think it was a trauma one. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, so the vagus nerve carries an extensive range of signals from the digestive system and organs to the brain and vice versa. A healthy vagus nerve means better digestion, absorption, and immune function. It can also re- reduce risk for anxiety, depression, cardiovascular disease, and IBS. Yeah, so I think what I mentioned in the other one is your vagus nerve, when you're trying to stimulate it, it's because you are stressed out. Uh-huh. 
And I have actually seen a lot of people use the hydroxygen on the vagus nerve. I love that. To improve stimulation. I have not tried that yet. Um, Never would have thought. But this is what I mentioned in the trauma episode. People that smoke, they're stimulating their vagus nerve when they smoke. Kids that suck their thumb, they're stimulating their vagus nerve. You and your humming. (laughs) I was just going to say humming. um, I catch myself doing that under my breath all the time. Humming stimulates your vagus nerve. So it's your Mm -hmm. body's natural way of trying to release those stressors, trying to release that anxiety. Um, Smoking, it's because of the breathing. So doing breath work is very helpful for your vagus nerve. Um, Really anything that reduces your stress load. So again, the nature therapy for a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, he has a little thing here on improving vagal tone. It's very small, but um, red light is another one that a lot of people do uh acupuncture cold therapy gargling again because it stimulates in your throat humming and singing is the first one he has on there so mm-hmm. okay and that's all i have on that like he just goes over pretty much what we talk about 24 7 yeah <laughs> like honestly a lot of these <laughs> um the next, the next one was, was by pediatrics. dr jess oh no oh no it wasn't Clinical Pearls and Pediatrics by Nicole Keichel. I think it's Keichel. I might totally be wrong. It was good. I really appreciated it, but I don't work with kids. So for me, it's not as helpful. She muscle tests. And for her, she also is an in-person practice and she talks about muscle testing with kids, how it's important with like, you know, making sure that you have the parents consent and like it helps you tap into the energy of that child because kids are literally sponges. Mm -hmm. what's going on in their world yes that's why so many kids pick up little traumas Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they take into their adult life and i like i said i didn't she said a lot more about me support and she said product you need products that will move the needle learn how to muscle test get to know the testing kit so what you're testing healing is muscle muscle multifaceted can take on many sources no one to refer out learn how to use lab work with muscle testing and find resources to support emotional work with your client. And that's just a big summary of what she talked about. So if you want kid support, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have people we you. can refer you to, to that. We totally that, probably. Yeah. Let us know. We totally could refer you to someone. So yeah. and the next one is Dr. Jess. This one was on finding a patient's patient. low roadblocks and incorporating lab tests. I don't know. Can we condense this one? Because I feel like oh yeah. this is more like practitioner it's more geared. It's also more and, of the same. Yeah, She's talking the about same her thing. own health. Mm-hmm. Um, she yeah. goes over her oat pretty much line by line and talks about her health. She doesn't have mitochondria issues. She has candida. What's it caused by? Is it caused by heavy metals? Is it caused by mold? Like, what is it caused by? Because candida is mm-hmm. always caused by something. And then she also mentioned how the way her body is, she doesn't feel the symptoms she doesn't feel the sickness but she has to look at the markers to actually know what's going on Mm -hmm. yeah and i was just like okay we love that um i the one thing like candida i deal with all the time right because a lot Mm -hmm. of people come to me with it because i dealt with it there's always a root of candida there's always a root you don't just get candida because you took antibiotics too many times a lot of people try and tell me that their root is antibiotics and i'm like no that's just not how it happens like don't get me wrong that definitely weakened your body to a point where this was able to be more pathogenic but 
candida or bacterial overgrowth they're all there because they are like supposed to be there to sop up whatever toxic substance substances are in your body like mm-hmm. they want to maintain homeostasis they're not trying to overgrow candida exists in our body to sop up the heavy metals to sop up anything else and when there gets to be too much in your body that it has to grow like if you have an influx of heavy metals if you have an influx of mold that's why your candida overgrows because it is trying to sop up those toxic substances so that's what i gotta say what about you you have anything to touch on this because it was just a lot of her going over line by line her out yeah it was just her yeah she was just covering her her tests yeah and basically what she was doing so i don't i don't really think we need to no share all that she's only going she's doing the comprehensive anyways so it's not like a mm-hmm. she's like I'm comprehensive, doing comprehensive protocol. specifics like, added in for her yeah yeah so yeah. again and so the last one of the day i'm not gonna lie i <laughs> zoned out it was the last talk of the day it was about the brain's health the brain's brain and health case studies with bcatp i love bcatp um he didn't really give me anything to take away here. He is a DO. I love that. I love that he's functional now that he's friends with Todd and that's why he was able to get into cell core. Uh-huh. He didn't give me anything with BCATP to take away from this though. It was just like, I had these people on base BCATP. Things improved. <laughs> I love BCATP. I use it with clients all the time, but like that was where I went with that. And I was like, okay, cool. Me too. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll just touch on like he has a little benefits of BCATP here. So if okay, people are listening yeah. and they don't know, um, BCATP, they call it brain candy, but um, promotes cognitive function and meta- mental clarity, improves focus, improves mood, improves short-term memory, promotes sustained physical energy, supports natural detox processes and the gut microbiome. Also very, very good for your mitochondria support. Mm-hmm. Um, people- number one mitochondria support? Yes. And again, pulling that radiation out of your cells. Um, he has why add it to protocols, outcomes he sees, increased energy, better concentration, seems to be I uh, seems to be ideal adjunct for mold detox, usually evident in brain function, better drainage in some, noticing some improvement with blood gu- glucose levels. And that's about it. So yeah. we can move on to the next day pretty much. It mm-hmm. was good. It just I've was losing steam at the end of the day yeah the ones they do it they always seem to do something at the end of the day where i'm like you should have put something a little more exciting here i'm with you (laughs) i'm with you so then day three we are on to day three and yeah this is the day where i pretty much missed all of it yeah and i rewatched most of them i did not get through all of the breast implant analyst ones this was so good you really should go back i'm going to but i yeah just have not made it that's okay so first talk of the day dr ian hussein uh phd understanding heavy metals and binders if you know nicole his wife on social media she is phenomenal hold on i'm gonna pull up her handle so that i don't butcher it free sprouts holistic she's great i love nicole but um he was talking about heavy metals and binders and it started really with just like his personal story. Mm-hmm. He, so being a PhD is like very, very into research obviously. And he's like, I'm always questioning people why. And half the time they hate it, which you love. But his son is autistic 
and they believe it happened because of the shots. Mm-hmm. We talked those, about that a little bit in the we did. previous one. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it was, quote, never proven, right? Because they weren't logging everything because they didn't think they had to after giving their son standard mm-hmm. things. It's one of those things that pops up after a couple of years. So you're like, yeah. how are we supposed to log every single thing and, that and changes? Had, like, and they said, like, it was since that that was when he started to decline. But, like, people were like, well, why didn't you log it for months? And he's like, I didn't think I had to log everything with my child, which is sad. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. And so then talking about like heavy metals, apparently is an Aaron Brockovich, which I've never seen Aaron Brockovich and how they're not all dangerous. Some of them are inorganic and some of them are organic. Chromium is an essential nutrient required for sugar and fat metabolism. And chromium is heavy metal, Mm -hmm. but The inorganic one looks crazy different from the organic one, right? So changes it, makes it more or less harmful on the body. So immediately after the shot, didn't know what specifically caused these symptoms, but they knew it was literally right after. But they Mm -hmm. didn't think that they had to (laughs) really log all these things. Apparently, there's a movie called Trace Amounts about mercury toxicity. I assume it probably has to do with the MMR shot, too. Um, And then it was all connected, right? They were like, if it was heavy metals, are they stuck in him forever? How do we remove them, especially when they might be in his brain? And the typical way you think about removing heavy metals is chelation. Mm -hmm. And it usually is medical intervention and very strong and hard on the body. And especially since it was a child, they were like, how can we do this through supplementation? He actually, his first PhD project was on chelation, which I thought was incredibly wild. And that's why he was like, I was here to help my son. Like, I am here. There's a reason I did that as one of my PhD projects, because like my son was supposed to have this happen and I was supposed to have all this knowledge on it, which is like so heartwarming too. Mm -hmm. And they were saying like chelation, right? It works. It does. But it pulls everything out. Like you need to supplement back because it can also remove the good metals from the body. And that's why like we don't necessarily... I mean, I don't have people do chelation therapy. No. I think that there are other ways to go about it. I mean, heavy metals, I haven't seen anything that works better than HMET, honestly. Yeah, same. It's so good. Um, and it also passes the blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. So it is able to pull it out of your brain. Mm-hmm. And then they just talk about how um, blah, carbon technology and humics and fulvics are so amazing for the absorption of mercury cadmium whatever on geothite i don't even know what that is it passes the blood brain barrier like you just said <laughs> important for heavy metals in the brain what am i reading down and can help mm-hmm. detox a variety of heavy metals it's not just mercury or aluminum or whatever like the other ones might be you're not just pulling out that you are getting all of them and like mm-hmm. said, blood brain barriers what's honestly the most important and because it's a powder, it's very easy to give to kids. If you yeah. are working with yeah, kids, like, mm-hmm. you can just mix it in applesauce. You can mix it in a smoothie, oatmeal, whatever. And then he's just saying, like, thinking about our toxicity in the world, really pretty much how he wraps it up. Check the ingredients, source for things, drink pure water, diet, supplements, and always understand how our body interacts with toxins and how we can support it the best. Yep. Love that. Wrap it up. That was great. Let's... <laughs> on to the next one yeah um 
Science of Selective Binders. Timothy Griswold. I like Tim. Tim is their head scientist at Cellcore, but a lot of the things he says go over my head. He's, he makes he's it fun for me. He makes it fun. Oh, no, but he's yeah, a good he's... time. Like, I like him. He's just like crazy smart. And yeah. I would not call myself stupid, but he's a, his science brains work different. That's just the truth. Like they think in science, they... and, like it's a whole other language. That's and all they. When yeah. you don't, like my brother's the same way. Like he'll start talking to me about stuff and like my eyes will glaze over and I'm like, what? Like they just think <laughs> in science. And so it's very easy for them to just talk about it. But it's not the easiest to comprehend, but he does make it fun. Yeah. I appreciate it because he really brings it down to a level, but like, I still think I'm like a half a notch below that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And his talk was reducing radiation and radioactive elements. Um, mm -hmm. And then it says, I think why they followed the heavy metal talk with this one is because it says radiative damage is similar to heavy metal damage. Yep. So we love it. They tie things in for us. They like us. He has some key takeaways. Maybe we just touch on those. I think that's fine. So radioactive elements emit energy, mm -hmm. radiation. Radiative energy moves particles of specific sizes on traveling waves at certain speeds. And again, this is still somewhat sciencey, but this is <laughs> still brought down to a level. <laughs> I'm still a, like half a notch under that. Yes. Um, ROS or radicals can cause inflammation, membrane voids, DNA damage, and mitochondrial dysfunction. Uh, <laughs> stop the radicals, start the healing, stop the radicals, prevent the damage, absorb the high energy particles, uh, carbon technology. Yeah. Again, <laughs> it's, it's Sorry. just all, he has the whole periodic table in here, guys, if that gives you <laughs> any. And he goes into a lot about molecules and stuff like that. Again, over my head, I haven't taken a science class since high school, but mm -hmm. I get it, right? Like cell core binders are superior. They, the pH is good because it helps it drive in, deeper into the cells. That's why we like a lower pH, but also it always has a lot to do with like, what are your alternatives for binders? Charcoal, just not very bioavailable. It doesn't do much, it gets mm -hmm. rid of everything. Yeah. And the selectiveness of the carbon technology binders, phenomenal. And the like, fact that they, they survive your stomach acid, mm -hmm. just, amazing i think that's good because we went i think super so super high level yeah. and then it's preconception planning for healthy pregnancy dr michelle stanton i think you definitely that's, love this one i do um i again had to listen to it while i was doing other yeah. stuff i want to dive into it more because this is actually the most common question i get is people that are pregnant or breastfeeding can i parasite cleanse i know i know i know <laughs> and i'm like no, you can't. Maybe try it as a... Yeah, I think preconception should be such a thing. Everyone I, should yeah. be more aware that you want to work on your health before you get pregnant. Like, yes. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I just got married, thinking about getting pregnant soon, like you absolutely should take a little bit of time. I know. I know you want to get pregnant now, but take a couple months, mm -hmm. even if it's six months, and do some deep health work honestly the impact it's going to have on your body yeah i mean doing the cell core protocol yeah. yeah doing the parasite work doing the heavy metal work get those Even out before just do the foundational protocol yeah get those heavy metals out before you have the baby um, all of those toxins go through your umbilical cord to the child mm -hmm. so yeah getting those out beforehand is just 
Preconception is so important. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally says it here. It sets the foundation for families' future health. Um, better birth outcomes, healthy babies, postpartum wellness, fertility is going to go up. All the and things. Especially, and I know some, I, I have a current client who they were trying to get pregnant and they had a little bit of trouble. And she's like, we decided to put it on pause because we realized that I really should focus on my health so that for the health of our, of our baby. And I was like, yes, I love mm-hmm. that. Like, I love that so much because it is going to make such an impact. So think about it. If you're someone in your twenties, if you're someone in your early thirties and you want to get pregnant in the near future, and then even if it's not future, right. Even if it's four years, like think about truly prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Think about how much you could change your health in four years. Yeah. (laughs) If you just make little things a prioritization. Like literally foundational. Do the foundational protocol. I would say most people should do the comprehensive, but if you're saying it's too long, do the foundational protocol. The amount that your health will change and the God, how much it's going to impact your children. I think that's Mm -hmm. all we need to say literally because she goes through a lot of case studies in here. It was phenomenal, but like preconception, 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 instead of trying to do things once you find out you're pregnant. Because mm-hmm. then there's there so many studies on how the mother's health and even the grandmother's health affects your children. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of metals that is in the mom's body has such a huge effect on your unborn baby because like you said, it goes through the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. It can get into your bo- baby's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you get all that out, beforehand and that's the reason why you don't want to do it during because you don't want to be stirring up all those heavy metals and stirring up all those parasites and again your body's just working hard while you're pregnant you don't want to add that extra stress of detoxing all those things while you are pregnant so yeah um i am a huge fan of preconception uh, I feel like if I ever have kids, my practice is definitely going to switch a little more oh, towards so something like that. So it's going to probably evolve as my hormones evolve. <laughs> I mean, I want kids someday, right? And like, not anytime in the near future, personally, but like, I'm doing all of this work now because mm-hmm. I don't even want to think twice when I want to have kids. Like, exactly. I'm getting rid of all of this stuff now. I'm, and no one talks about this enough the emotional stuff, the emotional work. Do the emotional work because. That is why a lot of people have trauma trauma from literally being in utero. That's mm-hmm. a real thing. Like it mm-hmm. gets pushed from the mom. So anyways, work on your trauma, work on your health. That's it. That's, I think, what we can say about that. Because she does mostly talk about case studies, which were phenomenal. But yeah, preconception. Yep. Um, and then up next, we had a break. Products during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. I loved this one. I love Dr. Todd and Dr. J. They're like my faves. Whenever they talk, I'm like, mm, I love everything you have to say. Yeah. They're just so cute. It's so funny. They're besties. And then, you know, when Jay gave out Todd stickers, I definitely got one. <laughs> sitting on my binder. I'm here for it. I, I was envious, too. but I also gotten a hug from Dr. Todd, so I'll take that. More than me. Yeah, I never had <laughs> Actually, I cried to him. I'm sorry, Dr. Todd, if you're, you're not going to be listening to this, but like I sobbed and he gave me a hug because he didn't know what to do. Aww. <laughs> well, it was when I found out I got Lyme. You know, like those types of things are overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so I was like, thank you for making this like line for all this education because like I found that out and like it's overwhelming at first, but like I feel like there's a path and I feel like there's a very clear way to heal this, but like mm-hmm. still cried because I was just overwhelmed and he was like, I'm scaring him. 
<laughs> I'm sure he's seen it before. I'm sure oh, he's no, seen I'm it sure before. He's literally seen it all the time. That's why I feel bad. I'm like, oh no, I just. But so he he but just told me I had strongyloides and then muscle tested my water. Oh, uh, was was your water okay? It was not bad because I asked him to muscle test it because it was the water I had brought from home, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to know. And he said it was definitely way better than tap water, but it did test for herbicides. So. Mm. This one is really like a lot of research because they go into like general guidelines, right? Presentation for any stage of pregnancy in the first two months of breastfeeding. What are your guidelines? No pathogen elimination, no detoxification, no high dosing or abrupt changes. Avoid lots of herbs mixed together. There's too many unknowns and less is more for pregnancy. We know this. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be isolating herbs because every herb has an unwanted and wanted effects combining them after what an isolation statement says is like apparently no no yeah and i think they just mentioned that basically you're just going against the internet if you recommend something for pregnancy because people will pull up and they're like oh well google says yeah and there's just there's just not data on pregnancy because they don't run tests on pregnant people it's literally not moral it's except for this past year but anyway So what we will tell you, right, is what is approved for pregnancy. What are the cell core supplements that they say you can do with pregnancy a quarter to a half of the dosing? It should still be decreased. BCATP, biotoxin binder, CT iodine, work with a practitioner. I'm going to say this 72 times. Don't just do it with yourself. Mm-hmm. CT minerals, CT zyme with food, IFC, hydroxygen plus, and ME support. I'm not even going to go into why. Like, I'm not going to go into every single. No. Yeah, I think definitely if you're pregnant just work with a practitioner for sure if you're wanting to get on anything and then they do talk about how people for biotoxin binder yucca versus yucca so apparently what they have in their biotoxin binder is yucca it's a flowering plant Mm -hmm. but what most people think it is is yucca which is the cassava the root vegetable which there's not really enough yucca there's still not really enough research but like they say avoid eating during pregnancy because it could be possibly unsafe if it's raw. Mm-hmm. But that's it. So if you're like, but yucca, no, it's yucca. <laughs> Anyways, that's, and then generally recommended to avoid it during pregnancy. Bowel mover, carboxy, KL support, lymphactive, GCO, any of the IS products, para two, three, four, and estro. And you're like, what about all the other ones you didn't name? Because those are in the clinical decision list, right? Like there's not enough research for most of those to know what it does mm-hmm. during pregnancy. That just means your practitioner has to make that educated decision for you. Yep. So again, work with a practitioner. But they gave a lot of good research on this. And that's what I loved about it because they were going into like and even the ones that says generally avoid, most of it, it says lacks data. Like it's not even a lot of things, except I think bowel mover has aloe. And I do know that aloe is like typically contraindicated for pregnant and breastfeeding people. Mm-hmm. Say people, women, you know. <laughs> it's people these days, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, that's about it. That's all I got to say about that. Reiterating. I would work you, with a practitioner, practitioner if you are pregnant. If you're listening to us and you're saying, they said it was fine. Nope, we're not. We're saying work with a practitioner. <laughs> we're just telling you what they said is acceptable. Yep. 
during pregnancy. We're not saying that is what you should be taking. Mm-hmm. We're saying you should ask your practitioner or find a practitioner. Up next, we have practical tips for reducing radiation and radioactive elements. It was Tim Griswold. And no, we already I covered thought, that one. No, this is another one. This is another one? Yeah, it was right after. Believe me, there's two. Yeah, it was science okay. of selective binders. Now it's reducing radioactive elements. Well, I mean, that, it's more That the was the one that I was reading. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. So we covered it. Um, we covered that during one. this. Okay. I left mm-hmm. midway. So after this, I washed online. Oops. The other one was science of selective binders. Honestly, I kind of touched upon it in word of mouth, but that's all I got. So skip over that. Then we got dosing hacks for pediatrics. Again, we don't work with children. So for us, maybe not as much. It was Nicole Keichel and Jimmy Scaringi. Both of them had spoken earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we covered their talks earlier. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just going to give that high-level stuff for how to get things into children because maybe it is helpful for you, right? If you are working with a practitioner but you don't know how to properly get them into your child, right? Like you don't know how do I, do I make liquids? Like, what do I do? They say typically pour the juices into liquids or water. Juices provide like a visual acceptance if you do like a dark grape juice, especially with binders, because when the children see it go from clear to black, they get scared. So that's why the dark grape juice doesn't really change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use syringes a lot of the time to like, just get the liquid into your kid's mouth. Mm-hmm. Stir binders in applesauce, honey, juice, oatmeal, pudding, water, sprinkle in or on food. Advanced Tudka tastes like poop. So in juice or on s- strawberries, apparently. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Sprinkle yeah. it on a strawberry. Um, I have a lot of moms that call like applesauce like monster sauce because it's mm-hmm. black just to make it fun for the kids to eat it. Yeah, so she, she said something along the lines of that, too. She was saying they call it like a maybe it was a monster sauce. I don't remember the word. It doesn't really matter. And then the IS products in Para 3 in juice, because that, those are liquids, Para 4 in warm water or broth or hot chocolate, Para 2 in applesauce, honey, juice, or oatmeal. Para 1, very, very gelatinous, so in honey or oatmeal or water because it's like gelatin. Mm-hmm. But with honey, she's like, yeah, I know it has sugar, right? Obviously. But it doesn't, like that small amount of sugar getting that supplement into your child because she said like a quarter of a teaspoon or something like that like something really small she's like it's totally worth it Mm -hmm. at least what she's seen and also if it's local honey it's pretty good for you (laughs) yeah that's very true and then just like they use nasal rinses adding like a pinch of a binder with distilled water and then (laughs) the glass nasal sprays that we love there are also pill takers cups on amazon syringes and like an easy spout that's it that's all we got Mm-hmm. It's just tips for people that are like, I have a child and I want to hear about this. So then it was the intersection between toxins, pathogens, and trauma by Dr. Christine Schaffner. I hope I'm not saying that wrong because he literally went on for a couple of minutes about whatever. Pronouncing her name. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was going to say it, but I don't is know. Is it Schaff? What is it? Anyways. I think it looks like Schaffner. I don't know. Schaffner, maybe? Whatever. Mm, that's fine. She probably won't listen, so if you do happen to listen, we're sorry, we're if, we, sorry. if we said your name wrong. Okay. So she goes into, like, what I got the most out of this was, like, how she talks about the fascia and how scars hold on to trauma and, like, trauma frequencies. That's, like, the biggest bulk that I got out of this. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super interesting. I mean, it makes sense when you think about that scars hold on to trauma. But hmm, 
Because probably something traumatic happened to you if you got a scar. <laughs> yeah. And, like, in human fascia, so like, skin and all of that, like, the, it's an abundance of, like, frequencies and energy. So, like, fascia holds on to energy. Toxins. Mm-hmm. All of those have a yeah. lot. Like, another theme this weekend was a lot about energy work, a lot about toxins. All of it. You have to do both. Which I love that because I feel like it needs to be talked about much yes. more than it is. Like, like literally pounded into our brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just saying like, you know, fascia, drainage funnel. There's a lot. The fabric is key to structure, hydration, communication, and more. Like fascia, lymphatics, all of that stuff. Create the fabric that interconnects the spaces between the drainage funnel. Hmm, I love that. Because I was listening to this one afterwards and like what I got out of this is that fascia holds on to memories. It holds on to energy. Make sure you're moving your fascia. Make sure you are addressing traumas. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there that are, because my mom goes to somebody that does this and she does specific that. fascia release because it's different yeah. than a massage, Very but different. she will physically release your fascia. My chiropractor does a little bit of that. Like before she gives me the adjustment, she'll do mm-hmm. a little bit of releasing, but yeah, if you can find somebody, I love that. I think it's very helpful if you are the one you have some trauma or something to release i mean we all do (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) it's true the one i know i um starred this is that fascia is our water irrigation system it's Mm -hmm. recently been discovered to not only be our connective tissue holding us up but a hidden irrigation system a hidden electrical system conducted by water that sends cell to cell communication instantly must be fully hydrated like ooh. Who would have known? Fascia was so important. And then, like, toxins in our terrain. Like, toxin substances may become trapped in the matrix, can affect cellular communication and the ability of the cell to remove toxins if they are not eliminated via the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Via water-soluble toxins, positive ions. Get rid of those things. <laughs> those were, like, the main things I really liked. Yeah, this one I feel like was a lot. Yeah, a it lot, was a lot. lot. It's uh, very interesting, but it was very interesting, especially not I've, being there. It was harder for me, obviously, to like you know the squirrel brain wants to come out. So like mm-hmm. having to watch this a couple of days later, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like you concised it. Yeah, that pretty was well. really what I. That was like the gist of what I was like, you know, starring and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to touch on the inflammation one because she yeah. has like inflammation in the terrain here. Yeah, yeah. I was um, just thinking that. And how we, we've, we've mentioned multiple times, inflammation causes fluid buildup. Inflammation, water weight, how people lose weight when they reduce inflammation. But prolonged inflammation can lead to tissue destruction, which leads mm-hmm. to poor circulation, lymph stagnation, and a breakdown in communication of your yeah. tissues. So if your so. lymph is stagnant, you'll get more inflammation, and then it'll cause more lymph stagnancy. So keep your lymph mm-hmm. going. So if you want to <laughs> prevent aging, essentially, keep your lymph moving. Yeah, I just love them talking about scars being trauma and trauma in the terrain, and like how you have to like emotionally clear that. And I was thinking because I have like a a laser is how I do MBSR clearance, and I was like, ooh, maybe I should start doing it on people's scars. So yeah, that's what I got out of that one. And then we move on. There's only a couple left, so stay with us, right? Three more. Practical applications of sauna protocols by Dr. Nick Ellenson. I love saunas. So this was like, just so excited going into it. I was like, yes, we're gonna learn why I can be even more obsessed with saunas. (laughs) 
Didn't have to give me reasons, but I will take them. Yeah, you definitely use sauna. this on a much more than... Oh, that's right. I... Sauna. <laughs> that's what he said. It said something. How... It had to do something with the fin- the way the Finnish Fins. people yeah. say it. Sauna. Sauna. It was throwing um, me off throughout the whole... Because like, every time. <laughs> so what are the benefits of sauna? Detoxing, heavy metals, phthalates, things. It mimics low to moderate exercise by increasing your heart rate and your body temp, prevents muscle loss increases endurance exercise so a lot of people say they'll do a little bit of endurance and then go straight in their sauna um Mm -hmm. improves insulin and glucose levels and boosts the nrf2 pathway i know i have a note on that because i distinctly remember writing this down because i loved it okay because the nrf2 helps with recycling glutathione so we can detox better that's why that's important Mm -hmm. that's exactly why i wrote that down and then uh, decreases inflammation, tons of cardiovascular benefits, improves mitochondrial function, stimulates endorphin production, and more. I He did a lot of research, right? Which I loved. Yeah. A lot of links. Mm-hmm. They go over the different types of saunas. Traditional Finnish sauna, which uses gas, electric, wood, and steam. That's usually between 160 to 200 degrees. Dry sauna, which is literally a traditional sauna that we think of, like at a gym. Mm-hmm. 150 to 195 degrees. Steam sauna heated purely by hot steam, 100 to 120. Infrared sauna uses electric infrared light to create the radiant heat waves absorbed by the surface and the skin and penetrates an inch or two in the body, 100 to 170 degree. I personally love an infrared sauna as my sauna of choice, but if you don't have access to it, all saunas are really beneficial. I did like Mm -hmm. how he went into like toxins. Well, maybe he goes into like toxins being eliminated from the body and what um, where is this? Nope. Clearly I missed it. Whatever. How the research about toxins being eliminated from the body. But the funny part that I thought was that there is little to no research on mold and, and saunas. And clinically, I found it's the most beneficial for mold. So that's why I think it's so interesting that there is no research on it at this point in time. That he said a lot for heavy metals. Mm-hmm. I remember him saying that because I was like, ooh, nugget to keep in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so we went over the types of saunas. How frequently should we use a sauna? This was a, probably my favorite slide. That he said, for the maximum benefits, four to seven times a week. Four weeks is the minimum amount to get the maximum benefits. Two, so there's a study that addressed two to three saunas a week and four to seven sauna sessions per week. I don't know what type of sauna. I'm sorry, I don't have that. Uh, 22% lower risk of sudden cardiac death. This is two to three saunas. And four to seven saunas, 63% lower risk of sudden cardiac death. Wait, I really feel like we should include this slide. Could we? Because I could say all these things, but... Um, Yeah, I can pull it up and screenshot it and add it to the video. Yeah, so I guess for the podcast people... Two to three sauna sessions, 22% lower risk of sudden cardiac death, 27% lower risk of cardiovascular disease death, 23% lower risk of coronary heart disease death, 24% lower risk to die from all causes, 22% lower risk of developing dementia, 20% lower risk of developing Alzheimer's, 19% lower risk of developing psychosis. Four to seven sauna sessions per week, you go from that 22% to 63% lower risk of sudden cardiac death. It goes from 27% to 50% lower risk of cardiovascular disease death. 23% 23% to 48% lower risk of coronary heart disease death, 24% to 40% less likely to die from all causes. Literally 40% less likely to die from all causes. Sign me the heck up. 66% lower 
risk of developing dementia went from 22 to 66, went from 20 to 65% lower risk of developing Alzheimer's, went from 19 to 77% lower risk of developing psychosis. I know that was a lot of numbers to throw at you, but it's really just telling you that two to three sauna sessions a week compared to four to seven, big difference. Like you wouldn't think it would make that big of a difference, but it does. Yeah, I just don't have easy access to a sauna, so I just don't, Yeah, it's not something I do. Um, I mean, it's not a need to have. It isn't. Mm-hmm. And I tell everyone that all of my clients, I'm like, it is not a need to have. It's a nice to have. Mm-hmm. It's just not like we're telling you this purely for information standpoint. If you're someone who likes saunas, you're someone who goes, if you're someone who wants more of a reason to go like me, I literally want more of a reason to go all the time. <laughs> I love a sauna, but it's not a need to have. That's just the truth. Like it's, it's a luxury item. Agreed. But like even the cheapest one, it's like a thousand dollars. It's a luxury item. Like that's just the truth. Yeah. You can find the cheap ones where you sit in, but again, those have EMF. high EMF. Mm-hmm. So don't, oh. maybe don't do those. I'm not doing that. Okay. So then they go into like, how much, how long should I spend in a sauna? I think it depends. They say that the studies, they were all in there for at least 20 minutes. If you're someone who can't sweat, I say five to 10 minutes. I always tell people, if you're someone whose mitochondria is that backed up, you can't sweat minimal time. Ma- mm-hmm. more frequency a frequency until you start to sweat and then you can bump it up more yeah. ideal sauna temperature optimal for traditional is 176 to 194 infrared from 110 to 170 his opinion is 140 to 160 is good optimal for infrared i would agree because i've been in infrareds where it's like 130 and it's boring you have to be in there for 40 minutes to start sweating and i'm a sweaty human being <laughs> yeah i started doing push-ups so that'll tell you. <laughs> in the, just, <laughs> in the I was sauna. like, I need to start sweating. Um, and then they just talk about like general sauna product protocols, pretty much like binders, replenish your minerals, support your drainage. Drink a salty marg after sauna. I love that. I drink that after sweating outside. Yeah. Um, okay. We might, talks. yeah, we might want to move on to the next one because we're hitting the two hour mark already. <laughs> No, we have two more talks. We have breast implant illness. I thought this was super, super interesting because mm-hmm. you hear about how it negatively impacts people's health. But yeah, most of the research I'm going to start here was on the saline, not the saline breast implants, the silicone breast silicone implants. Silicone ones, yeah. She talked a lot about those. Yeah. But silicone breast implants, when they can leak, all of that stuff can get in your bloodstream. Awful. The saline breast implants may be better but what I've seen a lot, and this is just anecdotally, is that it's still very easy for them to get moldy because mm-hmm. they're inside your body. And that is what causes the issues is that they'll get moldy in the capsules and no bueno, we don't love that. We don't need more mold. And so that's no. why it becomes an issue. It's not necessarily what is inside of it the same way it would be with a silicone breast implant, but yeah, not good. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of research on this. Like, it was really good. But, yeah, it was a lot. Talks about, like, where it can be implanted into your chest, under the muscle, over the muscle. Both of them have negatives because of the way everything can be absorbed into your body because it's so close. The skin is so thin. I was, like, really loving this one. I don't really have any reason why. But what I do (laughs) want to start with is, over the last six years, approximately 13 million women did received breast implants conservatively 20 to 25 percent will develop bii so if the math is correct at least three million women 
Okay, that's that. Yeah, so I know most people get saline these days, so that's why it's very different. Mm-hmm. But in- it still should be something that people should know before they yes. get it. I feel like it should be like, look, this is it's a so thing. Common. It happens. Yeah. It is actually quite common. You know, it's it's again one of those things that doctors don't tell you could happen to you. So, um, well, because breast implants have a black black box warning. Mm-hmm. No one tells you that. <laughs> but it's like people getting put on birth control and uh, not knowing all the side effects like a, of it. It's a, basically like the a same thing. High class carcinogen. You're like what? Mm-hmm. Um, so also for breast implant illness, like it. I heard this in one of the talks. I think it was Dr. Jess. She was saying how you should not be sauntering with breast implants because they mm-hmm. are really yeah with the heat they degrade. Mm-hmm. So like makes them and more like men- pop makes and them release like that. more toxins. Yeah. So don't sauna with breast implants. You didn't listen to these, right? I listened to part of them, but I didn't okay. get through all of that. Um, I don't feel like I want to go into the science of like what they're made up of because most people are getting saline these days, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think maybe just touch on them. Yeah, like silicone the... versus silicone with an N or with an E. That I think is important. It's the most abundant material in breast implants. With an N is naturally occurring. With an E is man-made and is toxic. It's outer shell breast implants. I'm just going to touch on, yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to touch on the the symptoms. Chronic inflammation. They showed several photos of people before and after uh, getting their implants removed and just the crazy, crazy, crazy amounts Mm -hmm. of, maybe I'll try and throw some of those photos up on the video as well. So if you're listening on the podcast, maybe just hop over to YouTube and go to the end and find the photos, but... Mm -hmm. Um, it's a crazy difference in inflammation. Mm-hmm. Just like the puffiness of their eyes, their eyes are almost swelled shut. It's crazy. Um, anyway, chronic inflammation. It says symptoms may begin slowly and progress in severity. A number of symptoms, but brain fog and cognitive dysfunction, CNS disorders, connective tissue issues, dryness in glands like eyes, lungs, mouth, hair loss, headaches, and migraines, and cap incapacitating fatigue, multiple allergies, muscle aches and pains, night sweats, peripheral nerve issues, skin issues, sunlight sensitivity, swollen lymph nodes, and so on. And the sad part about diagnosis is the diagnosis of exclusion, right? There's no way to diagnose it other than that you're having crazy symptoms and they've decided that there is nothing else wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And then on that, I really just want to go to the protocol we can wrap this up real quick. So in the protocol for breast implant illness, right? If you're someone who needs help with that, they talk about explant. They talk about how a full precise capsule ectomy is the preferred choice because you want to get the whole capsule out because the capsule is surrounded around the breast implant. Your body creates that out of scar tissue so that it can protect itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a foreign body, right? So we're going to put it wrapped in something you want to make sure you get that because it's also laden in toxins mm-hmm. the body does not just absorb it regardless of whoever you're going to says and if they say that run go to a different someone you want to go to someone who is really phenomenal in explants and then they do say big fat surprise a total capsuloctomy is not ideal i'm saying this wrong capsulectomy whatever partial capsulectomy not ideal like ideally you'd get it all out and then also address the internal stuff 
go through the comprehensive protocol or work with a practitioner one-on-one. -on -one. Either way, you really have to go through all of that stuff. That's, that's that. That's all we got to say, pretty much, for me. I think dress so. The yeah. Dress the limb. <laughs> energy and drainage. Drainage. Energy and drainage. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, got support. <laughs> immune support. <sighs> yeah, that's what we got. And I was like, I know this went long. We definitely at first we were like, hey, this can go long again. But yeah, it went long. I'm sorry, but we had to get all of this in. And if anything, you're like, please elaborate more on that. Let us know. Hit me up. I'll send you a screenshot of some slides. Mm -hmm. Or if there's like a specific topic that you really liked and you want us to just kind of cover a whole episode on it, let us know that too. Yeah. We can go more in depth into something. Yeah. But yeah, we I, had so many. We just had to oh my God. bang it was them out. So much. It was so much information. I was brain dead by the end. And then I was on my flight, like dying and had two days in my brain. And I still was like, I have to go with one more. This is wild. But it was phenomenal. I loved it. I'm so happy we went. You better friggin' be there with me next year, lady. I will be there next year. I will be there. <laughs> Already bought my ticket, so let's go. Yeah. And I know we're just like ending it abruptly, but Em, where do the people find you? You can find me at Emily Joy Wellness website, Instagram, YouTube, email. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I have a random amount of people that email me, so I don't know. That's okay. why I'm throwing it out there. I'm at the rooted in health uh email instagram <laughs> tiktok my website is the but yeah this was fun we loved chatting all things eco let us know what you liked what you didn't like um we would love it if you left a rating review we would love it if you subscribed yeah that's all i gotta say i'm excited yes Thanks for listening to our two-hour podcast. I know it went long, but thank you for listening because we really wanted to recap all of Eco and not three podcasts in two. We did, yeah. So hopefully you liked it. Hopefully you made it through the whole thing. Um, I don't know what we're talking about next week, but we will no, see you in the we'll next podcast. <laughs> <laughs>